which means now I'm about the results again, yes. not the faithless. Yes. It's like, I want a way out of that. Mm-hmm. And yet, if I'm going to emulate my Savior, if I'm going to love what he loved, if I'm supposed to be the image of Jesus, he was faithful to the end. I don't just need to feel better. I need the truth. And ultimately, that will make me better. I just want to make it as totally simple and no-brainer as possible for ladies to see that the Bible is really applicable to their everyday life. When they understand theology, the application flows out of it quickly with joy. It is a journey, but even the journey itself is joyful when I'm doing it, holding the hand of my Savior and trusting Him all along the way. This is the Joyful Journey Podcast, a podcast to inspire and equip women to passionately pursue beautiful biblical truth on their journey as women of God. When you choose truth, you're choosing joy. Hello and welcome back. I'm Janet and back with my friend and co-host Jocelyn. And today we're discussing a topic that I think we would all agree is pretty huge for women. I agree. And... Like many areas of life, we seem to go from one ditch to another in how we respond to it. So today we're talking about how do we view our physical bodies? And already everybody is going, I don't even want to hear this. (laughs) But really, what impact should the gospel have on how we do that? How are we going to think theologically about our physical bodies? And this is so funny because the very first time I really thought through that on a theological level, was listening to Jocelyn, (laughs) who was discipling a friend. So it got me thinking about this as well. And so it's a pretty important topic. Like we live in a body. Our soul lives in a body. And we should have some sort of theology about why God gave us that body. Yes. And I love that. I I had known I shouldn't Mm -hmm. idolize my body, Mm -hmm. but to really be thinking about how should I think about my body. So I would say that most of us if not all of us, are either in the ditch of over-prioritizing our physical body mm-hmm. because we are disciplined, we are self-controlled, we are going to maximize what we have physically. We are not going to eat it, especially if it tastes good. <laughs> we are not giving into the flesh Never. because we are over our body. And we're super spiritual. Yes, because that's how we show... Yeah that we discipline our body and make it our slave, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in context a little later, has absolutely nothing to do with fitness regime. (laughs) Or, I'm going to have to relate more to this one, over the course of my life, under-prioritizing our physical body. And then we use the other spiritual excuse. You know what? God doesn't care about what we look like on the outside. It's what's in our heart, which mm-hmm. quite frankly impacts how I view the outside. But that's okay. That's another. That's yeah. <laughs> later on. <laughs> that's later. I shouldn't have to think about it. I should be only concerned with my inner man. I should be able to eat what I want, exercise when and if I want, which we're just going to have to admit it's going to be never. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to revel in the beauty that is me. And when you think about it, like, okay, which one am I? Uh, which day is it? <laughs> And which season and which year and how old am I? Because we live in both of those ditches. No kidding. Neither of us is doing this on a personal level. Neither of us is doing this perfectly. No kidding. And it depends on what's going on in our life about, you know, how much emphasis we're putting on our physical body at the moment. So we're learning. No kidding. We're learning and living this out. Yep. And amazingly, whichever ditch I'm in, I can spiritualize it. Yep. Absolutely. 
But to realize the reality is in either of those ditches, I'm still thinking about me. Yep, the whole I mean, focus. I, I haven't heard anything of what I've said so far that's because I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because this is the way to glorify God, though we can try to do that. As and well. it, what's kind of tricky is that you can spiritualize selfishness easily. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you were just saying, like, well, God accepts us, so we accept us. Yes. Like, we can spiritualize our own you know, wrong thinking sometimes and make it sound better than it actually is. Yes. So I'm going to suggest that both of those approaches under prioritizing my body over prioritizing my body are both actually not just focused on me and wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes. But they're also opposed to the purpose of our bodies. Mm -hmm. Like our body does have a purpose. I think that's what was so like, wow, I want to be thinking about what's the eternal impacting purpose that my body could play. Totally. And I think the other reason that should help people be motivated to actually listen to this is whatever ditch you're in, mm-hmm. how happy are you? Mm-hmm. How much contentment and satisfaction are you finding right. in either of those right. ditches? So why don't we talk about a way that could actually result in satisfaction and contentment? Mm-hmm. Joy, yeah. So I'm going to spend some time specifically in 2 Corinthians 4 and 5, and let's just start thinking about how we should view our bodies and how we can really experience freedom, which is not, I never have to think about my body. It's freedom from enslavement to me. Yes. I I love this passage because it's so clear and helpful, and you don't have to wonder, oh, I wonder what I should think about my body or if I should think about it or how I should use it. It's so clear in this passage. I'm excited for you to explain it. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians 4. The verse really is going to start in verse 6, but let's go ahead to verse 5. Paul is talking about his ministry, and he says, We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants. And now this is so beautiful what he says next. For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has now made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm, I love that. So to begin with, the God who has the power to just use his words to create light took a small piece of that light, of that what some refer to as his Shekinah glory, but basically just think some part of that light, and he flung it into our heart. (laughs) Why? So that we would go, look at how I look? No, so that it would light up the knowledge of the glory of God. So somehow that's got to be able to happen in our bodies. And I love the very next verse about that. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars Mm. containing this great treasure. I love that. That's on purpose. And he says that because he goes on to say, this makes it clear. What makes it clear? The fact that we're just in fragile clay jars makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So when I'm reading that, I'm thinking, okay, my body has an amazing purpose Hmm. because it has the opportunity to shine the light of the glory of God. And sometimes I would think my body being weak would hinder that. Yeah. It would stop you from doing your purpose that God created you for. Yeah. 
And then God says, actually, I made it a fragile clay jar so that the attention would not be drawn to the jar, mm-hmm. that it would be drawn to the great power. And if there's any power of the gospel and the word of God, it's going to be clear. It's not because of me. Look mm-hmm. at this clay jar. There's mm-hmm. nothing here. It's surprising that God can use something as weak as we are. Yes. And and then think what a waste of time that we become so enamored with the pot. Mm, yeah. Instead of how do I use this pot to be enamored with the treasure that's in it? Yeah. Which is amazing. So God gave us weak bodies on purpose. So my goal is not to overcome that. My goal isn't to try to have the perfect body because quite frankly, that would be at odds with God's plan and would draw attention to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we all looked like Superman or mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, I don't know about you, but when I see them, I don't think. I wonder what their heart is like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're focused on the exterior. Yeah. So my broken, fragile body can do exquisite things only because God is that powerful and that shows how big he is. And in giving us those weak bodies, the work that we're doing in them just it draws attention to God. Yes. It's so beautiful how God gives us the very thing that will make us able to glorify him better. Yes. And then we, by contrast, can make it our goal. I have to eliminate anything that's finite or weak from my body. And to understand I'm already at cross purposes Mm -hmm. with God, no matter how I do that. Just with that thought. Yeah. You know, I think about that in my own life. I have a precious friend who needed to go to the hospital as an emergency, well, because she had been raped. And so I needed, she came to my house and let me know that. And we needed to go right away. You you have to do those things right away. So I have low blood sugar. Not a big deal. I know that I shouldn't go hours and hours and hours without eating. Okay, that's fine. Well, she came, I want to say, late mid-morning. I had not eaten breakfast yet. Still, I don't think that's a sin. Mm -mm. I hadn't had breakfast. Not Mm -hmm. a big deal. I'll do that later. Well, we're going to go to the hospital. That's a, well, I'd never been through this before with someone, but it's an incredibly cold, Mm. unfeeling. Dehumanizing. Oh, yeah. that's a great word for it. That's exactly. And it was hours. I'm like, what in the world? This should not have Mm -hmm. to take this long. It's like we were there injuring people that have just been injured. No kidding. So we were there like forever. So I know if I don't eat right. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, if I'm not drinking a lot of water, Mm -hmm. my body doesn't respond well. But I'm not thinking about that. Mm -hmm. I'm just there to help her. And at some point, I'm standing next to her, holding her hand, um, trying to help her not think about how uncomfortable all of this is. And I realize my lips have started tingling. Oh, my word. I know what happens after that. I know that after that, things are going to start looking very blurry. And then I'm going to wake up somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my word. Again, I have a weak body. I'm not, I don't believe at this point there was sin even in my stewardship. I just have a weak body. Mm-hmm. Here I am. And I'm thinking, okay, find a chair. At least if you sit down, I can probably keep this from happening. And then I can just ask for some water. Looking around, there's... No chairs in the room. Again, very inhospitable mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. I'm standing there, and I thought, okay, maybe I can sit on the floor next to the bed. Just keep holding her hand because, you know, I could be tired mm-hmm. from standing. Just Yeah, not a big deal. I'm not going to draw attention to myself. I'm just going to sit down before I fall down. Mm-hmm. So I sit down, and my sweet friend immediately, you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm okay. I just, 
I haven't had anything to eat today. It's probably four o'clock by now. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anything to eat today. Really haven't had much to drink. It, it's not a big deal. I just need to sit down. The nurse hears that. Now suddenly everybody's oh, thinking word. about me. <laughs> She's like, you need some Sprite. Let me get you some crackers. And my friend, and I'm like, this is the last thing I wanted. And then to realize my weakness in my weak body was an opportunity for my friend to not think about what was going oh, on right so then. that's so cool. And she's a very sweet friend, so she's immediately concerned about me. Yeah. And while I was initially feeling like I was a hindrance to yeah. loving my you friend. Were, you were messing it up. Yeah. Yeah. It was a blessing. That's so cool. So now we're both laughing. And I'm like, look at what's going on here. And everybody's thinking about me. Nobody got you any crackers and Sprite, <laughs> but I'm getting crackers and Sprite. And then pretty soon it's over and we're sitting in a chair. Nobody will let us leave because I might pass out. Oh, my out. goodness. So we're sitting in this chair, both of us having crackers and Sprite. <laughs> And laughing. And I'm like, look how the Lord used my weakness. Because what do we know if she's loving God and loving others? That's yeah. best for her soul, that too. Is. That and is. it was actually good. My weakness was used by God to encourage my friend that is who got su- to use her purpose to love me. That's such a cool story to understand what we're talking about. Yeah. That's so neat. But not what I would have chosen. And in my mind, it could hinder. And I was wrong. I just need to trust the Lord with whatever weaknesses he's given me. And we're going to talk about this later, but like how willing are we to let God use our, you know, weak jars of clay bodies to do stuff for him? Yes. It doesn't have to be perfect for us to be useful for him. That's what's so encouraging about this. Yep. Yep. And to know that not only are they weak, that God purposely allows these weak fragile clay jars to suffer Mm. and somehow that's part of it Mm -hmm. he goes on in verse eight in chapter four we're pressed on every side by troubles but we're not crushed we're perplexed but not driven to despair we're hunted down Mm. but not abandoned by god we get knocked down Mm -hmm. but we're not destroyed Mm -hmm. somehow that also draws attention to god yeah you know and and do i am i willing to allow my body to be used that way. Which really looks at your theology of suffering, which is a whole different episode. But it begs the question, do I have the right view of this body and how it's going to be used? Yes, because verse 10 is exactly what you just said. Through suffering, Mm -hmm. our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. What is that? I've not always understood what that meant, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll continue to understand more as I study even more. But to think about, it's not that I have to add to what Christ did. Right. But he chose suffering in his body because it's what my soul needed. Mm-hmm. And when I respond well to suffering in my body, people see the priorities and love of Christ. Mm-hmm. They see Christ. And just think about how Jesus used his body in points of extreme physical weakness, like while dying on the cross, his focus was on making sure his mom was taken care of for the rest of her life. Yes. While dying on the cross, he was welcoming a new follower that was also on another cross. So if we're manifesting the life of Christ in our body, then we are using our bodies in their moments of weakness the way Jesus used his body in his moments of weakness. Yes. He was the ultimate example of how to do what we're talking about. And that the weakness was the plan. Right. For him, you know, for us too, but absolutely for him. So the focus of our bodies is to display the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't need to draw attention to my body. It's the shell. Mm -hmm. But I also don't need to hide my body. 
whether that's I've just completely hoodied up and trying to hide <laughs> or whether that's I have to have on all the fancy clothes and all the fancy makeup. I have to hide because my weight isn't where I want it to be. Whatever that is, I don't need to hide it because it's the holder of the glory of Jesus. Right. And the focus isn't to land on the body. It's to land on the Christ that is being lived out in the body. Yes. If I'm hiding my body, I'm hiding what's in it. Yep. If and you're I'm hi- focused on the body, I'm distracting from what's in it. You're hiding opportunities where Christ could shine. Yes. So we have the ability to display the life of Christ in our mortal flesh, but our flesh is dying. It yeah. says, goes on in verse 11. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. Mm. So we live in the face of death, but it's resulted in eternal life for you. It's being used by God. And just think about how often we think about how to not make that true, how to not face our mortality and how to not face our weakness. But God said that's the point. It's working toward an end. Yes. And it's okay because it goes on in in verse 14. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus Mm -hmm. and present us to himself together with you. Um, So we know we're going to be raised this shell is going to get a glorified shell. It's so exciting. I know. I think about that often and what it will be like and how our work will differ with a body that isn't cursed by sin and doesn't suffer and isn't weak. It's going to be so cool. Yep. And it's coming. So it's okay that it's not here now. Yes. And in the meantime, knowing that, verse 15, all of this, my currently weak body, the Mm -hmm. hope of a future body, being able to suffer and use my body like Jesus, all of this is for your benefit which is the total opposite of all of the ditches that we discussed, yeah. which is all about me. Mm-hmm. Either I shouldn't have to think about it because, quite frankly, I don't want to, mm-hmm. or I get to focus on it so I can look amazing because, quite frankly, I want to. Mm-hmm. And this is actually even my physical body. It's all for your benefit. Mm-hmm. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. I love that. What's going to put me in the best position to promote more thanksgiving to God, more glory to God, and to minister to others. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a trial or a weakness or a failure that best helps spread grace. Sometimes it's just the weakness of my body. Which is so, like, countercultural. We try to set up the perfect circumstances so things go perfectly. When God uses the hard and the distressing, and those are moments when Christ is going to shine more than if it went perfectly to begin with. Yes, that's hopeful. That's it, and it helpful. Is. It is. Because I think, yes, we can have this pressure of, I have to be God. Mm-hmm. No, I represent him, but I'm not supposed to be him. Mm-hmm. I'm actually supposed to show that I'm not. And the way that we show most that Christ is different is when it's very difficult and it's not going according to plan. Yes. And then verse 16, that's why we never give up. Yep. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed mm-hmm. every day. So summary statement there from the day we're born, our physical body is in the state of dying. Yeah. But our spirit is being renewed and getting stronger. So to the ditch of over prioritizing it, the analogy that helps me is to think about your body is like a cut flower Mm -hmm. from the minute we're born, we begin to die Mm -hmm. just like a cut flower. And so, What do we do with a cut flower? Well, it's beautiful. It has a purpose. Mm -hmm. We put it in a vase. We don't just put no water in it. Might even put sugar water in it Mm -hmm. if we're really wanting to be fancy. (laughs) Fancy. (laughs) 
So we use it for its purpose. We enjoy its beauty. We take care of it. We put it in water, but we don't expect it to live forever. Mm -hmm. We know it's going to die. And I prioritize the amount of time and energy and money I put into that when I recognize how long it will last. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it for its purpose, and I know that it's temporary. Yeah. Same with my body. I'm going to put the time into it so that during its temporary sojourn, mm -hmm. it can shine mm -hmm. with the glory of God. But I'm not going to put everything into it because my body isn't going to last forever. Right. But for this mm -hmm. temporary time, what an amazing purpose. So at least beginning to see how that all kind of goes together. Verse 17, for our present troubles are small. And won't last very long, which is very hard to hear when your present troubles feel huge. And when they're lifelong ailments that yep. will never go away until you receive your glorified body. They don't feel small, light, and momentary. No. Chronic pain, it doesn't feel no. momentary. But compared to eternity, it says they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. I love that. I love that. The light and momentary affliction of a weak and failing body, but an eternal weight of glory. It's producing, again, like you said, the suffering is producing stuff in us. It's producing results that will last much longer than our physical bodies. So what does that do for us in verse 18? We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Mm -hmm. For the things we see now, including our bodies, yep. will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So understanding the temporariness of my physical body is going to help me focus on the things that are unseen mm -hmm. instead of the things that are seen. And in the meantime, God uses the hard stuff, the suffering, so that that light that he put in my soul at salvation gets brighter yes. and brighter. You know, I think about how suffering matures us and strengthens us, my soul becomes more and more alive and it begins to overshadow yeah. the body. Yeah. Which is amazing. I think about, you know, I don't know, if you can think of someone, Jocelyn, that you just think they radiate Christ oh, totally. as an older person. Absolutely. You don't even notice their physical body anymore because their soul is so precious. Yes. They shine Jesus yes. when they talk. Their hands manifest him. And you don't get distracted by what their body looks like as it's going more and more close to death. Yes. Because the Jesus in them is so clear and obvious and takes over what you see. And that's what we want. That's what we want. Now going into chapter 5, verse 1, right after that. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, and they let us know, Paul even tells us in parentheses, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. I, I'm so excited to see what that means and what it looks like. Yes, yes. And I love that he calls it a tent, mm -hmm. you know, because... When I think of a tent, especially in their day, a lot of that was for shepherds. Yeah. And that was clearly a temporary thing. And it had a really important purpose. Yes. But it was a temporary thing. And I love how Valley of Vision, which is a book of Puritan prayers I just love. Here is just one section from one that's called The Awakened Sinner. He says this, Oh, my forgetful soul, awake from your wandering dream. Turn from chasing vanities. I'm going to include over-prioritizing your body yep. on that. Look inward, forward, upward. View yourself. Reflect upon yourself. Who and what you are. Why here. What you must soon be. 
You're a creature of God, formed and furnished by him, lodged in a body like a shepherd in his tent. That's so profound. Yeah. And I think, okay, if I put that together with what we just read, that we're in this earthly tent and think about a shepherd in his tent, the shepherd's tent has an incredibly important purpose. But I'm not picturing those shepherds <laughs> spending a lot of time decorating them. No. I mean, I think, how ridiculous would that be if they started having contests? <laughs> you know, who had the best decorated tent? Or how come his tent is a darker brown and my tent? I always get the light brown tent. Who's his prettiest? But you know what they might have focused on? Mine has holes. And it and doesn't protect working. me. Yeah. So now I'm going to steward that. I'm going to take care of it so it doesn't rot. I'm mm -hmm. going to do what I can do to make it last long so it will keep me warm. So I'm going to patch holes. So it can fulfill its purpose. Yeah. But I'm not going to focus on making my tent look the best. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to get home. And then maybe when I'm home, I'll decorate my house. Yes. Because that's permanent. Yes. Yes. So I love that. Verse 2. We grow weary in our present bodies. And we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. I love that. Uh, so we do long to be free from the limitations and weaknesses of our flesh. And I don't read here that that's wrong. No. One day I will be. I was created to be fully in the presence of God and not in a sin-cursed body that is going to pass out if I don't have water mm -hmm. within a certain number mm -hmm. of hours. But I'm going to err if I focus on fixing my body now for that perfection mm -hmm. instead of stewarding its frailty and knowing that the body that I was designed for, the glorified body's coming. It's coming. And I can look forward to it. Yes. And I am. The older I get, there's a <laughs> lot more to look forward to. <laughs> and he uses the current frailty to draw attention to him. And I love verse four. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. Yep. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of our body that clothes us. We want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up, not by death, but by life. Mm -hmm. God himself has prepared us for this. And I love this. We, we see this in Ephesians 1 as well. And as a guarantee, we know this is coming because he's given us his Holy Spirit. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, we have that guarantee. And he goes on to talk about in verse 9. So while we're here, what should it be like in verse 9? So whether we're here in this body or away from it, the goal is the same. And again, it's not about me. It's to please him. Mm -hmm. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. And it, fascinating, we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this earthly in, body. In this body. Yeah, how did I use it? Exactly. So it has a purpose and we're supposed to be using it and we'll be held accountable for using it yes, and receive rewards for using it in a way that advanced eternal purposes. So it's amazing how I use my body really matters. What it looks like, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. How did I use his light in my soul mm -hmm. while I was in this frail tent? Mm -hmm. And we're going to need that perspective. Verse 12. Are we commending ourselves to you again? Paul says, no, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. Mm. So what do I value? Mm. Do I value a sincere heart? I've got to have a right perspective on that. So other people who have misplaced priorities, who are all about the flamboyant ministry or all about how they look, mm -hmm. that I can 
help them see the beauty of using their bodies mm. for what it was intended. I can teach my children yeah. that. And when I focus on my outward appearance, I'm missing it. Mm -hmm. Why would I focus on the temporary tent instead of the glory that is in it? So instead, what should I do? I love this verse. With it. Uh. <laughs> verse 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Again, diametrically opposed to the yeah. ditches. Yep. We're not going to live for ourselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. I just love that verse. Yes, that's what I'm going to be doing. So what would that mean when I think about my physical body? It means I'm now the hands and feet of Jesus. Yes. I'm now living for Christ. Back to the creation mandate mm -hmm. purpose episode. If I'm supposed to be representing God and his values, I do that in this body. You do it. Your soul is inhabiting this physical body. Yeah. And that is the tool that is used to be able to do your job. And when we're raised to new life in Christ, we're still in this body. It's like Jesus is now inhabiting this body. The Holy Spirit moved in at the moment of my conversion. And he is living out himself, Jesus Christ himself, in this body, along with being in the bodies of all the other believers as well. So collaboratively, we're doing this. Yes. So now that's what my body. I get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I can love the people around me. Yeah. For me, initially, my husband, my children, in such a way that they could actually feel like they've been loved by Jesus. Isn't today. that astounding? Like my hands being used by Jesus is delivering the love of Jesus to them. My yes. feet taking them places is where we're living out Christ's love in this body. It's it's amazing. Yep. And that is the proper use yeah. of my flesh. That's why God gave you a body. Yep. So you could love people using it for his glory. And because his spirit indwells me. I can do it. Yeah, I can. That's amazing. So what else would I do with this body? Um, he goes on to say near the end, verses 20 and 21, we are Christ's ambassadors. Another way of saying mm -hmm. we represent yep. somebody else. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Is that how I'm using mm. my voice? For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right through Christ. I should be using my body to beg other people mm. to be reconciled be to God. Reconciled. Yep. That's the purpose of my body. Mm -hmm. Okay. We've already said we're just fellow travelers, mm -hmm. but the more I start using my body positively for what it was designed for, the more this gets in perspective, mm -hmm. not just stop thinking about your body the wrong way. How about start using start it Start using right it correctly. Yeah. Right. And then seeing how much better it is. When that's happening, I'm not going to want to pamper and indulge my flesh. I do see that it's a dying tool mm -hmm. and I need to, to take care of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be intimidated by others because it's not all about the flesh. Right. I don't have to look at the pretty people <laughs> and be jealous of them. That's their tent. Mm -hmm. And what's going to help me is not telling myself, stop being jealous, stop mm -hmm. being jealous. I'm going to be so busy using my body as an ambassador for Christ. Right. I don't have time. Right. I don't have time to be jealous. Another picture that helps me, because if I can attach it to something more practical, it just it just makes it gel in your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think about a pencil. When we think about pencils. Okay, actually, sometimes it can be fun to get different colors of pencils, right? But do you actually spend a whole lot of time thinking about how much money I'm going to put into getting this 100-pack of number two pencils? Mm -hmm. 
A pencil is a utensil that derives its value not from what it looks like. Mm-hmm. They pretty much all look alike, but from its purpose. And if you think about a pencil, it seems like something that's not very important. But if you think about what you can use it for, mm-hmm. what a communication tool. Right. You can do lots of stuff with a pencil. Yeah. I can write a love note. I can share the gospel. I can write out scripture to memorize. I can think through my goals and am I valuing what God values? I can journal truth I've learned in the scripture so I won't forget it. I can balance my budget. Like, yes, I can make sure I'm not overspending. I can encourage someone. There's so many things to do with a pencil as a tool. So it's incredibly valuable Mm -hmm. in that way. But it would be really foolish to be so excited about my pencil and love the fact that it's red, which is my favorite color, that I wax it and I (laughs) shellac it and I put it on a wall somewhere behind glass because it's beautiful. People would go, that is utterly useless. What a waste of a pencil. What a waste. Yes. So that would be dumb. But you know what? It would also be foolish to leave it out in the rain because now I can't do any of those things with it. Mm-hmm. It's now foolish again. So I'm not going to pamper it or idolize it, and I'm not going to neglect it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy that it's red because I enjoy red, but I'm really just going to use it for its purpose. I'm going to sharpen it. So it will work better. Mm -hmm. And if I continue to sharpen it and use it at some point, I'm going to use it up and I'm going to have used it to its fullest. And in the meantime, I want it to last as long as possible, but I'm not trying to make it last forever. And that's how I want to view my body. I absolutely love that analogy. It's so practical and useful to see like there is a point to our body. We don't want to pamper it, idolize it or neglect it. We want to use it and we want to use it up. Yes. And I think, Because I don't know how many days I have, Mm -hmm. I need to steward it Mm -hmm. so it will last Last as as long as as, possible. As long as he's got me here to serve, I want to try to steward it. Yeah. But I hope when I'm put in the grave, it's used up. Yeah. Not that it's been shellacked because I had every surgery known to man so I could try to look 20 when Mm -hmm. really you just look plastic. (laughs) Really an amazing thing. But I've wondered how some people smile. Like, does that hurt? I don't know. (laughs) But I don't want to die looking like I'm a 20 wax model. Yeah. I want to use it up. Yeah. But I don't know how long I need it. So you need to make it last. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you can to make it last. It makes me think of 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, Mm -hmm. that bodily discipline is of little profit, Mm -hmm. not none, Mm -hmm. but little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things. Excellent, excellent. So biblical discipline is going to mean I recognize bodily discipline has some value, but not in comparison to godliness. Mm -hmm. And godliness will encourage me to have the appropriate bodily discipline. Exactly. So I can use it. Right. Doc Smith, who's been a part of our church for years, Dr. Bob Smith wrote a medical desk reference because he is a medical doctor who also is a biblical counselor and putting those things together. And I love this quote. He says, discipline of the body, even to the point of sacrificing pleasure and comfort, cannot be a replacement for obedience to God's word. Mm. And I love that because some of us think I am showing how disciplined I Mm -hmm. am. But he would even tell you medically, he goes on to say this, a right relationship with the Lord does more to promote good health and long life than all the vitamins, exercise, correct eating, and protective (laughs) devices available. That's cool. From a medical doctor, that's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. So I don't try to impress God with my Mm self-sacrifice. I need to do what he's told me to do, love God and love Mm -hmm. others. So 
Restricting is not an end in itself. Idolatry, worshiping my body, gluttony, all of it is self-love. Yeah. Instead, as I'm growing to have a right, right relationship with the Lord, I'm going to abide closer to Christ. I'm going to love what he loves. I'm going to value what he values. And then my decisions for my lifestyle are going to flow. out of that, yeah. Yes. My husband and I just did a parenting conference this past weekend and as he taught them about their purpose so that they would know their purpose as a parent and how to teach their children their purpose he kept saying over and over purpose precedes obedience Mm. purpose precedes behavior was Mm -hmm. the word purpose precedes behavior so the purpose of my body precedes how i treat it exactly instead of my purpose to look amazing or my purpose to do whatever I feel like Mm -hmm. when I understand the purpose of my body that precedes the behavior. Yes. And then it will get so. And it doesn't make the right behavior like super easy. It just makes it possible and well balanced. Yes. It's not saying like and then you will have no trouble obeying God if you know your purpose for your body. It just makes it more possible so you don't get into either of those bad ditches of either overemphasizing or underemphasizing. Yeah. And so it means I can be confident that the hard work I'm doing. It's worth it. Is for the right reason. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because it's like you said, it's always hard. And what's our perfect example always? Jesus Christ. Yeah. So how did he use his body? Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating that he was not known for his physical beauty at all. I think that's really helpful. Like it's helpful to know that he wasn't like super hot handsome person right accomplishing all these amazing things because of how he looked yeah he had a charisma to mm-hmm. how he looked no isaiah 53 2 tells us that he grew up before them like a young plant like a root out of dry ground he had no form or majesty that we should look at him mm-hmm. and no beauty that we should desire him mm-hmm. and yet they and we are drawn to him right but it wasn't cultural good looks whatever that would mm-hmm. have been in their culture it was because of who he was mm-hmm. And how he functioned in that body. Yes, yes. And he wasn't ashamed of his body. So he didn't have a body that was marked by whatever would be the cultural Adonis body of Mm -hmm. the time. But he wasn't ashamed of his body. He used it for God's purposes. And at the resurrection, so interesting to think about, he has a permanently marred body. Yeah. We won't. He will. Mm. For all of eternity. And he's not ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. He said, look, mm-hmm. look, he didn't go. I know it's kind of ugly. I don't want to look here on my side. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it was like, this is a mark of love. This is a reminder of my sacrifice. Yeah. So are mom's bodies after childbirth. Is our goal to make it look like we never had a child? Why? You did. You did. And it happened. And what an act of love. And God brought forth life out of that body. So do I view it the same way? Yeah. He was not ashamed of his body, even when his body will have permanent mm. marring. He's not ashamed of that. Yeah. And how did he use it? He, Obviously to serve. Yeah, to love and serve. Matthew twenty twenty eight. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. I think about his hands touching lepers. Mm who nobody would touch Mm -hmm. his feet, taking him from town to town to share the hope that only he could give. And he got tired when he was doing it. I was just reading the story about Jesus and the woman at the well. Like he sat at the well because he was worn out. Yes. Like he wore his body out doing stuff for others. Yes. And so did he say, I'll just push till the, no, then he rested. Yeah. He sat down and rested and got a drink of water. Yes. So he's using it and stewarding. Yes. And even as he was resting, he was was serving. Yeah. Yes. He used his mouth to teach so patiently. 
over and over. I was looking through the scriptures and I can't even remember what specific thing I was looking for. Examples of Jesus discipling. And I was like, I don't even know what to write down for verses. That's all he did. Because it's everywhere. That's all he did. Yeah. So I was read like, the I guess New I Testament. just need to say, <laughs> read the Bible. But I feel like I should be more specific. But it's that's what he did. Mm-hmm. How else did he use his body? He intentionally spent time alone with his father. It says in Mark one thirty five, rising very early in the morning while it was dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Mm. So all of that was done, inhabited in his body. He mm-hmm. had to get up, go somewhere away from people, be alone. He intentionally prioritize time with his father in mm. his body and talk about being the pencil that's been used until yeah. it's a really little nub i don't know about you but i like to use them like yeah till you have to throw them away I, isn't that funny like how much did that cost <laughs> like two cents but i'm like i'm not wasting there's a little bit left in here how about how christ used his up yeah on the cross his appearance isaiah 52 14 says was so marred beyond human resemblance mm and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. He completely used it up where it was not even recognizable. But he did that because it's what my soul needed. He, he accomplished his purpose yes. using his body. Yes. So remember our goal. Mm. Always represent Christ. Mm-hmm. Be his perfect image. Look like Jesus. Please God, however you want to say that. Mm-hmm. So some practical perspectives on that and then we'll talk about what that looks like in our lives that means i'm going to value what god values i am not going to say i can't wear shorts because you might see this stretch mark or you might see you know i I have a a friend who is burned Mm. you know what it's part of her story yeah god's gonna use that Mm -hmm. so my hands are worn out from serving and so they're ugly Mm -hmm. calloused use it Use it. I am not ashamed of my stretch marks. I'm not ashamed of my body wearing out. I'm going to, just like his scars, I'm going to see that that's something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's an opportunity to share the beauty of serving for Christ, Mm. just as he used his scars to show them. Yeah. I'm going to agree with God about how he created my body. The ideal woman who would not pass out with her friend (laughs) is not what God created my body to be. And it's wrong for me to say, God, you're wrong. And I need that in order to do things for you. Yes. This is the body God gave me to use for his purposes. And it's a privilege to wear it out. Yeah. So I can't say it would be better if my body were, Mm -hmm. which that's a battle for me Mm because there are a lot of things I think would be better, but I'm wrong. So I have to remember that I have to value what God values. And if it's going to be about God, then I look at 2 Corinthians 4.2. Moreover, it is required in stewards. I'm stewarding a body that God gave me for a temporary time. It's not even mine. Mm -hmm. I steward it for a temporary time. It's required that they be found faithful. Right. That's the goal. Right. And I have to tell you, I want a different goal. Yeah, because getting up and doing the right thing every day stinks sometimes. It does. I don't enjoy that. I loved, Jocelyn, this is from (laughs) you. When you were talking to, we were co-counseling, but really I was watching Uh you. And you talked about the difference between faithfulness and I've never heard this phrase before, bulimic bursts of energy. I made it up one day in in bed because I was trying to figure out how to 
describe this amount of energy that a person would put into swinging from extreme to extreme. It doesn't require faithfulness. It requires this burst of energy where you say, and now I'll be perfect. Yes. And you just swing from identity to identity or goal to goal. And your goal was never faithfulness and stewarding. It was, okay, I can't do that previous thing perfectly. So now I'll do the new thing perfectly and I'll never mess this one up. Yes. And I think, oh my word, that's easier. It is. It seems like you're working so hard, but it's so easy. I can muster up enough self-discipline for a short time if I'm motivated. But being faithful is the opposite. Instead of looking for quick results, here's what we want. Why is this such powerful marketing? Lose 20 pounds in 20 days. Because it's only 20 days. I can do anything for 20 days. Yeah. Yes. Learn to tap dance in 10 lessons and it won't be hard. Memorize the book of Psalms in a month. Why do we want that? The appeal is... The short time period. I don't have to be faithful. It's like, it's the exact opposite of what I'm called to be. I'm called to be faithful and I'm looking for, how can I not be? Mm -hmm. I just want quick results. I do not want to be faithful. And it's almost like you want to cheat the system. Like, I want to really be able to do whatever I want and still have this good result. Whatever my goal of a result is. I was thinking about this whole faithfulness thing the last couple of days. Like, So sometimes when I'm trying to be healthy, I'm like, "I, I want to eat right so that I have a healthy weight because so many bad things are associated with obesity. And so I'm like, so I will, I will eat correctly and then I will be healthy. And my mind tends to go toward, and I can have a little tiny bite of this. And if I don't have too many little tiny bites of that, then when I weigh myself, it won't go up. And my goal then became just not getting larger instead of eating healthfully like you can't cheat how you eat it's gonna show up in your health and so that's such a short-term look at it like I can do little daily unfaithfulness because it doesn't matter in the long run instead of just saying my goal is to be faithful yes to do the right thing you know forever until I die because it's the right thing and just because I know this is not what you're saying it doesn't mean I can never have dessert no 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 not at all is I can never just say, I know that was unhealthy and not good for me today, but as long as I don't gain weight, it's exactly. good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying, no, don't enjoy life. Right, right. Like, enjoy life. That's but, part of being faithful. Right. That's part but of... But you're right. We Suddenly, the only way I'm judging whether or not I'm faithful is what the scales say. Yes. Which means now I'm about the results again, yes. not the faithfulness. Yes. It's like, I want a way out of that. Mm-hmm. And yet, if I'm going to emulate my Savior, if I'm going to love what he loved, if I'm supposed to be the image of Jesus... He was faithful to the end and joyful in his faithfulness, yes. which I think is part of our struggle is like, oh, fine, we'll be faithful, like as it's a curse. And we're missing the point that faithfulness is what brings joy. Yes, because everything else is an enslavement to me. Yes, it's yeah. an enslavement that I was Jesus came to set me free from. He set me free from being a slave to anything except for him. And then, and what it does when I force my mind to stop believing there's a better plan than faithfulness. Mm-hmm. When I agree with God that this is best, it actually pushes me towards endurance, mm. perseverance, yeah. those other words that we yep. think are bad and they're actually beautiful. Completeness. Because what does the Bible tell us comes with the end Joy. of Joy. Yeah. Joy is the result. So all character qualities that I'm commanded to pursue, mm. faithfulness pushes me there mm-hmm. and it pushes me to my knees because I can't do it. Yeah, it's I hard. Can't do it. It is so hard. And that's why Second Corinthians four and five is talking about how the Holy Spirit indwells us. Like we're being asked to do something that is not naturally possible in our human bodies. Right. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to do this. And we have it. And I we love do. that because I want a way to be able to say, I can do this on my own. But what God asks of me is 
gets me to a point where I'm saying, I cannot do this, which shouldn't be a surprise because, you know, (laughs) isn't faithfulness, wouldn't that be it? I don't know. Actually, literally a fruit of the spirit, (laughs) a product of the work of of the the spirit spirit. in you. So I'm going to have to have that. Mm -hmm. So let's just think through an example. Let's. We'll use fitness. Okay. Because I have an incredible love-hate relationship with that (laughs) on my own life. But we'll get to my example in a minute. As do I. Oh, my heavens. (laughs) So when I think about fitness in general, it can be a hobby. It can be an idol. Mm Mm-hmm. It can be a, a matter of stewardship. Yes. We already know what it's supposed to be. But let's talk about what yep. it actually is. So if I were actually just thinking about stewardship, I might think, okay, for me personally, I need to drink more water. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think I got to weigh myself every day and make sure it doesn't go up. Mm-hmm. I might think, you know what? The portions at the restaurant, while I enjoy it, I know it's more than I need, mm-hmm. and it ends up, quite frankly, I feel sick later mm-hmm. or whatever. It's not good for me. It's too yeah. much sugar, whatever for my issues. Yep. So I'm going to just try, when we go out to dinner, to ask for a to-go from the beginning and put a half of it away. Mm-hmm. Just take some home. Build that habit. Might not see much, but you know what? I'm just trying to say, how do I steward that? Mm-hmm. I might do some long-term portion control. I might exercise a few times a week instead of... I'm going to exercise every day Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to push myself so hard that I pass out and then never want to exercise again. Which could be a bulimic burst of energy. Which is me. So (laughs) it was very easy for me to come up with all of those ideas. And Uh, for me, it's like, okay, do I stretch every day because I want to have a sculpted body or do I stretch because I have lower back problems and have had surgeries and without that, I can't function and I'm lying on my back, not able to do the work that... God has organized for me to do and my husband has asked me to do and our life revolves around like there's a difference in how you look at it is it an idol that forces you to do something yeah or is it a stewardship that allows your body to be able to do the jobs that you have in front of you how might it look different if it's a hobby Mm -hmm. some of my goals might be I want to feel better Mm -hmm. I want to look better I want to live longer I want to be stronger that's not necessarily wrong you know sometimes I want a cheeseburger (laughs) And I don't need it, but I might like it. So it's not wrong, but I do think we have to have some cautions here. When we think about hobbies, Mm -hmm. hobbies can be, ought to be, I would think, a way to refresh our minds. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody has a hobby of gardening. Somebody has a hobby of whatever things that are helping you refresh your mind. But to think about the entire focus of this hobby is you. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to at least acknowledge the inherent dangers with that. Mm-hmm. Not it's sin to enjoy working no, out. That's We're not saying that a hobby is bad. No, and hobbies right. are good. Mm-hmm. And even this one can be. But because of my own idolatry, because of my own sin, mm-hmm. I can twist any good thing and make it selfish. Mm-hmm. And I would think, I do think in the area of fitness, it's even harder. Mm-hmm. Because it's different from other hobbies like gardening. And then I say, let's can that and give it away. Mm -hmm. Or quilting. And I, instead of hanging all the quilts on my wall so everyone can say, look what she did, I give them Mm -hmm. away and use them as gifts. I had a friend who blessed our children with memory quilts when they graduated from high school. She asked me for 15 of their shirts. And her gift was making quilts That's out so of them. That's so cool. So what a way to use her hobby, mm-hmm. her gifts and abilities. To, to love and serve. To love somebody else. Yeah. Now, can she still get arrogant about it if she wanted? Sure, she could. But at least there's a way to think of others with that one. Mm-hmm. Think about the goal with fitness. How I look. Mm-hmm. How I feel. I am the goal. I am the goal. So 
if I'm going to use my body for God's purposes, those who love fitness, mm -hmm. no, nothing wrong nothing with wrong that. With they love, love pushing their bodies. Yeah. They enjoy that. I can't relate to it in any way, but <laughs> good for them. I would encourage them to really think through how can that hobby not be about you? Yeah. How can you use that and have a focus of loving God and loving others? And I don't know, but get creative. I, I know there are ways. Yeah. Making yourself more useful not just doing it for the end itself of yeah. looking or feeling a certain way yeah. or having pride in your accomplishments or benching a certain amount or squatting so many times, you know, whatever. There's yeah. all sorts of self-centered goals that it could be about. And, and even those are not wrong, but if they feed the idol mm -hmm. of me, yeah. we just need to be aware of it. Yeah. So, and for some fitness just is an idol. It outright. This yeah. is not just, I enjoy it. It's an idol. I have to look a certain way. I have mm -hmm. to feel a certain way. So what would be some indicators when I think about in my life, what's the amount of time that you spend thinking about what you're going to eat next? Is that healthy? How many calories is that? Have I exercised? When am I going to get to exercise? When can they be done talking so I can get off the phone and go exercise? How much of my mental energy is there mm -hmm. versus loving God, loving others, being in his word, praying for others, being a blessing, calling someone I care about and being used up for him? Yeah. Yeah. So would my time, my money, my energy indicate that I agree with God about which things are temporary mm -hmm. and which things are lasting? Do I think I cannot miss a day of working out? That's what I was just thinking. That's one way that you can tell what your priorities are if something interrupts it. Like yes. if a person makes you not able to do your workout for the day, were you really caring about loving and serving others or were they annoying you because it got in the way of you completing your fitness goal for that day? Which is so ironic because we will say... And, and I think about it, let's take it out of fitness for a minute for those who are struggling with mm -hmm. trying to get there. Uh, even in taking care of my home, I will say and believe that I mean it at the moment because I so deceive myself. I am taking care of my home today because I want to love my family. And then yeah. when an opportunity to love my family interferes with taking care of my home, I'm mad. Or when loving your family means they come in and put their backpacks everywhere yeah. and make it dirty when you just cleaned it. So if the whole point of maintaining it was to love my family, if I'm ever given a choice between maintaining my home or loving my family, I'm going to pick loving my Choose family every time. loving your family. But when maintaining my home makes me angry with mm -hmm. my family, then you that gotta, wasn't my goal. Then you know you have it backwards. I have moved. It's moved to mm -hmm. idolatry. So uh, maybe you are trying to exercise for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. How will you know if it's morphed? Does if it, somebody interrupts you and it makes you upset. What happens when your child throws up and yeah. you were on your way to go out the door to work out? Are you mad? Yeah. Oh. What happens when my friend comes up yeah. to the door and I need to go spend the day with her? Now, I can't ever say I'm disappointed because I couldn't work out. But for whatever <laughs> other thing, if that's distressing or upsetting. But it does help you see what your goals are yes. and what your priorities are. And those little reality checks are good for us. It's good when our routine gets messed up, I think a lot about food. Like we have a very strict food regime that we follow. And sometimes that food regime gets in the way of being able to be hospitable. And so we have to evaluate what's more important, the people that we're having over or the way that we eat. And it, just those little reality checks are good for us. They help you examine what really was the goal. And if a good goal has morphed into an idolatrous goal, then this is the time to confess Bring and it repent. Back. Bring yep. it back to what the goal yep. is supposed to be. So what would it look like if it was actual stewardship? Mm -hmm. Well, here would be my some goals. It wouldn't be, I have to have no pain when I'm done. I, I mentioned that one because I have chronic pain. So 
I've been told I need to be doing exercise, strengthening muscles, because that will help with some of the connective tissue stuff. But if my goal is to just get out of pain, Mm -hmm. that's not stewardship. If my goal is swimsuit season's coming and I have to look good in my bathing suit, it's a tent. Mm -hmm. That's not the goal. Instead, it's going to be I want to have energy to serve others. I want to be healthy even if I have pain. Because in your case, you'll probably work out forever and still have pain. Exactly. So losing the pain can't be the goal because you'll never be able to meet that goal. That's yes. It will be hopeless and pointless. Which is one reason it's been harder for me to be faithful. Mm-hmm. I don't see the results, mm-hmm. which has shown me I'm not doing it primarily for stewardship. I'm doing it for a result. For results. And yeah. when the result's not happening, here's what I say. It didn't work. Didn't work. I guess I should just be done with it. Yeah. And it's like, it didn't work. Actually, my fitness goal from a physical perspective is supposed to be this will keep it from getting worse, which means I'll never notice. Mm -hmm. That is the goal, Mm -hmm. which is good for my soul. It just shows that that's really not where I am. And if our goal is faithfulness, we can be faithful and God can choose to throw a monkey wrench into our faithfulness plan. Yes. Like last year. I injured my back significantly and was flat on the floor for two weeks. And I did not have that as my goal, but Jesus did. And God made some amazing, really cool things happen in our family relationships and doctor relationships because of that situation. So my goal was to be physically fit. But God had a different goal in the middle of that. Yep. And so I can't say I'm going to work out and be faithful to my fitness plan so that my body always functions properly because my body will not always function properly. And God is the master of those sovereignly ordained circumstances. And he has never held us responsible for the results. Mm -mm. He has said, be faithful, be faithful. And if that's my goal, then when I exercise, for those reasons and walk away, I have been faithful. Period. It it helps me like to not do little stupid cheating in my eating. Like, oh, these Oreos aren't going to matter in the long run because if the goal was faithfulness, then I had already decided what I think about eating sugar. And I need to reserve that for special occasions, not I feel like it occasions or I'm stressed out or that made me mad. So faithfulness is an accomplishable goal, even though it's challenging and long term. Yes. So what about Second Corinthians nine twenty seven that says, I buffet my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I will not be disqualified. Okay, I've got to keep my body in subjection. I got to be self-disciplined. And I know a lot of people that use that verse as part of their fitness mm-hmm. goals, which is really fascinating. Do you actually think Paul was talking about his fitness regime? I think context matters. Yeah. And I'm not aware of any time where Paul talked about what he did to maintain his physical body. I just don't even see it where he ever talked about that. He was saying, I force my body to bow to my priorities. Mm -hmm. And what were his priorities? I never saw him say, so I get up early and I do stretching. Is that wrong? No, but that wasn't what he talked about. He was in chains for a vast majority of his life. Not probably doing that. But what he talks about in all of 2 Corinthians 9 is all the ways that he forfeited opportunities and rights that he had. I didn't expect money from you, Mm -hmm. even when I could have Mm -hmm. asked for money. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I restricted my liberties. He used his body to focus on what his priorities were, his mission of sharing the good news. Nothing was going to get in the way of that, and he didn't let his body do what it wanted. Mm -hmm. So basically, what's the principle for me? 
I beat my body and make it my slave. I force it to obey, meaning what I end up doing with my body shows what I wanted and what mm -hmm. I prioritized. Yeah. Whatever that is. So where do we typically fall? How about you? Would you say you're typically an over or under prioritizer? Though I know we'd both say yes. Yes, uh, both. <laughs> I think it depends on the time of year and the year and how old I am and how busy I am. But I think like my goal is stewardship. I just want my body to be useful as long as possible. But I probably tend toward the under emphasizing ditch and be like, it doesn't matter. Jesus loves me. He'll give yeah. me the grace to yeah. do whatever I need to do. Like, yes, I stretch every day. Yes, I walk for my health. And ugh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, who cares? I'm just going to be lazy. Or I'll just really, it's less laziness and more over scheduling. Like I try to yeah, do more things. I don't things. prioritize it. I do more things than I know is wise. And oh, oopsie, I didn't have time to do that wise stewardship of my health thing Because I was doing more spiritual I things. I was doing more spiritual things than taking care of myself. So for yeah. me, it's probably under emphasizing. And I think it would honor God if I was more balanced by having a proper perspective yeah. on stewardship and health. And I have obviously, like everybody else, gone back and forth. I think back to high school, early high school. I absolutely over-prioritized. I weighed every day. I exercised for three hours every day. Oh, my word. And I don't know what you want to call this, but I only ate for an hour. Oh, wow. That's super time-restricted eating yeah, right five there. to six o'clock at night, I ate. Wow. But clearly, this was not about health. I mm. ate whatever I wanted. Mm. So from five to six, I could eat whatever I want. Time restricted binging. But from six to nine, mm. I exercised and got rid of whatever by mm. exercise. Wow. So I never knew what to call it. What, what a slavery. Yeah. Because somebody was like, were you bulimic, Brianne? I'm like, I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. It was sinful. And it was. Definitely not faithful. It, exactly. It was bad. I don't even know what you call it. Mm -hmm. But that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And I lost a ton of weight. So. Which I, was I, obviously the goal. Absolutely. Because yeah. I weighed every day. Mm -hmm. So. Talk about being enslaved. If you asked me to go somewhere, I didn't want to go till nine at night because mm -hmm. I got Cause you were busy. To do. Yeah. And I couldn't do it earlier because we were in school, whatever. So I got out of that. And I wish I could say I got out of that because I understood the purpose of my body. Mm. And then I started being balanced. But I got out of that and said that didn't work. Therefore, why am I bothering doing anything? Don't do anything. Yes. yes. So years later, I now have chronic pain and most recently diagnosed with worsening osteopenia. Well, the osteopenia, I don't feel it at all. So it's hard to take seriously mm -hmm. because I don't feel anything mm -hmm. to do with that. Chronic pain, I feel regardless. Mm -hmm. Nothing really has any impact on that. And what I've learned is I tend to be what I would have called faithful until nothing changes. Mm. So changes were the goal. Yeah. yeah. My pain's not better. I don't think my bone density's changed. Mm -hmm. I really have no idea. I don't really feel any better. Well, that was never even the health goal. Mm -hmm. The health goal is don't go to osteoporosis. Yeah. The health goal is not to even less. So even on a health level, that wasn't even ever the goal. Maintenance is more the goal than yeah, anything else. Yeah, which was a gift from God because it forces me to have to say, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Why am I doing this? My husband and I have talked about the fact that as empty nesters, our desire is to be able to travel more to speak other places and serve mm -hmm. together. And we have some precious friends who are not able to do that due to somebody's health. So we've talked about the fact that, okay, I know I have early onset arthritis. It's all part of the, the connective tissue thing. It's possible the day's going to come. I'm in a wheelchair. Hmm. I know that. But if I'm in a wheelchair because I didn't faithfully steward well, yeah. how selfish to do to my husband because mm -hmm. then we can't travel together. So the ultimate, if I'm in a wheelchair and I faithfully stewarded, 
then I can with confidence know this is a good plan. So the goal is not stay out of a wheelchair. The goal is serve yes. and love yes. and do what is most effective to make that able to happen as long as possible. Exactly. And my motives get revealed because faithfulness is long-term and very supernatural. Mm -hmm. And that's where I keep getting pulled. And I think that's one good takeaway from this is faithfulness is long-term and supernatural, which means you will not be able to do it by yourself. Yeah. And if you're going to be faithful with your physical body for the right reasons, it will require the help of the Holy Spirit in the moments of faithfulness, which means when you're tempted to not be faithful, tap into the help that's available to you. Don't just try to do it by yourself. Yes, which is the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole point. The mm -hmm. bulimic burst of energy is what you're trying you, to do by you yourself. You did it by yourself. Not faithfulness. Yes. So analyze where you typically fall. I yeah. would encourage everybody yeah. listening to do that as well. I think it's helpful to say, really take some time to thank Jesus for how he used his physical body. Mm, yeah. Like let's, let's not think about ourselves for a minute because even the whole topic of physical bodies, think yeah. about me, think yep. about me, think about me. How about just thank him? Thank you for serving and making that your priority to your own hurt, to your own death. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing that. And then I would say, how about a put on? Prayerfully evaluate ways you can use your body yeah. for eternal purposes. There's so many, like there's billions. How can we use our eyes? How can we use our ears? How can we use our hands? How can we use our feet? Just list your body part and how can you use it? to serve and love the people that God has put around you and emulate Jesus Christ. Yes. And as I grow in doing that, I believe I will taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. His way is better. It's more satisfying. And then it will make either exercise or not, eat this food or not, get in its proper perspective, not by trying to get it there, yeah. but by submitting to the Lord, rejoicing in what he says and using my body for what he intended yep. it to be used for. So... Do you want to bring up a resource for us? Yes. I love the little booklet by Timothy Keller called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Uh, it's also a sermon you can listen to. Oh, that's cool. It's I didn't a free know that. sermon online. So let's link to both of those yes. things. Yes. You actually introduced me to this little booklet. And what I love about this resource is that it tells you how to stay out of either ditch by letting yourself get wrapped up in Jesus. You forget yourself in the beauty of who he is. It's a great little booklet. I love it. Easy to read, easy to share. We highly recommend that resource. Absolutely. I do love that. And again, that's the put on. Mm -hmm. It's not how do I think about my body? It's how about how should I be thinking in general? Yeah. And how do I love God, including with my body? Mm -hmm. And it puts things in perspective. I would encourage you to get really practical. What a great thing for parenting as well. Yeah. But getting really practical. And I love, Jocelyn, you, the idea of list your body parts mm -hmm. and it may seem weird but intentionally say okay when I go to church today maybe I know I tend to say how do I look mm -hmm. I have actually thought I wonder the first time that I'm actually in a group of people worshiping God and not ever once thinking about how I look is probably going to be at Revelation 5 <laughs> when we're all together looking at, at the throne and yeah. at Jesus I just don't think I'll be going how's my hair yeah but until then, it's a battle. Yeah. So to maybe say, boy, I tend to go to church thinking about how I look. How about instead of saying, stop doing that, why don't I make it a goal? I'm going to find three people who nobody's talking to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go up and ask how they're doing. And I'm going to learn that that's actually more satisfying by doing than it. Than obsessing about yourself. Yeah. So coming up with goals like that. There's all sorts of ways you can use your body to serve other people. Take somebody a meal, which takes a lot of prep. Yep. That's using your brain. Takes a lot of chopping, using your hand, cooking, 
carting it in your cart somewhere, calling someone, talking to people. I mean, more than just calling, just like being willing to have a conversation that's more than just, hey, how's it going? Yep. Yeah. Hugging somebody that's lonely, touching people that need that, but thinking of them, using whatever hobbies I have and saying, how can I be a blessing? Like, I love you guys do a lot of gardening. I know you have your own business doing that too, Mm -hmm. but I also see you using the fruits of that to be a blessing to others. We certainly tried to. And how fun. Yeah. How fun to get to do that. And yeah. it, it changes how you see it. It changes it from being mundane work to being something that you can be excited about. Yeah. Because it's a blessing. So just some ideas. And we hope that this will just give you some food for thought instead of just food to eat. <laughs> being faithful and seeing that that is better. So thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to leave us a review if this has been helpful. I hope you can come back for a special episode next time. We're going to be interviewing Pastor Dustin Folden on the topic of feasts and fences. Which is perfect to come after this episode. No kidding. Are you intrigued? Any idea what we mean? Good. You're going to have to come back and find out more. To keep from missing any future episodes, please sign up for our newsletter on our webpage joyfuljourneypod.com. From there, you can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. You can also visit us on our Facebook page or Instagram at Joyful Journey Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can also email us at joyfuljourneyquestions at outlook.com. Joyful Journey Podcast is a ministry of Faith Bible Seminary. All proceeds go to offset costs of this podcast and toward scholarships for women to receive their MABC through Faith Bible Seminary.